Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. We are thrilled to be here with you today. And once again, it's Diane and Elaine with the world according to Diane and Elaine. (laughs) Just us. You got us today. We're talking about a topic that we hear a lot from parents. Right. And and I guess I would introduce it by saying, what do I do if my co-parent isn't on the same page that I'm on? Or sometimes it comes in as, well, I want to get us on the same page. Or yeah. sometimes it comes in as, I really can't get this help because we're not on the same page. Right. There are all these variations of how parents show up with this topic. Right. Well, and but I guess the bottom line is for no other reason than you're, you're in, you're in a different place than your co-parent is, whether it's because you're ready to get help and your co-parent isn't, whether your co-parent thinks that the diagnosis is a bunch of hoo-ha, whether your co-parent has a hard time following through because they have their own neurodiversity, whether your co, I mean, it's like, or or is triggered and has a hard time self-managing and they're arguing and fighting with you or your kids all the time. I mean, there's so many different flavors of this that you said, Lane. Well, so I think what you're describing is what does it mean to not be on the same page? Yeah. That can show up in so many different ways, depending on, to some extent, so many different factors, right? Right. And we want to be on the same page, but we don't always know what that means. So let's let's look at that for a minute. What might that mean? Well, and I think the other piece of it is not just what does it mean, but like, is that really is it important? <laughs> is it really important? I mean, I think that that's the piece of it is part of what makes it important is that if we feel like we're on the same page, there's no conflict. And I think that that's probably a lot of us don't like conflict. A lot that's of us true. don't like conflict or we don't like to disagree or we think that, you know, it's like in harmony. But I think that that's a whole other conversation about, you know, navigating disagreements and conflict. But so let's take this position. Okay. There's a relative merit to parents creating a unified front in a relationship with their kids. That doesn't mean you have to agree or quote, be on the same page, but you want to be as co-parents supporting each other in relationship with the kids. Is that a fair? It is. Well, and it's really funny you say that because it's like, I used to joke with my parents who, because they would never argue with each other. In front of us. In front of you. Yeah. And there was a story that I created myself that they were in agreement around everything. But I realized as a grown up, I'm like, I bet that may not have been actually true. They just (laughs) may have been really good about not having an agreement that they weren't going to disagree in front of us because they wanted to, like you said, present unified front. Right. And yet, and I remember struggles with, with my husband early on when I would say something that he thought would undermine him in front of the kids, but I wasn't able to support 
his position because I really disagreed with it. And so I was trying to respect him, but also be, be able to disagree. So it can create a whole bunch of confusion, right? Right. So I was just to say, let's go back to the, what we mean by not on the same page. So it may be right. that your partner is disruptive. It may be that, that, that one, let me say it differently, that one yeah. partner is disruptive. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because we don't know who's listening and we want to, we want to be really even here. So, well, and because sometimes I, th- I think you were just describing this, we're, I feel like we're a little bit all over the place. We'll have to bring ourselves back. We'll bring it back. Right. But, you know, you were talking about the fact that you felt like you had to be disruptive because you weren't in alignment with what your co-parent was doing. And he saw that as undermining, right? So it's a sort of, there's a dynamic there where you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I got to do something, which is disruptive on some level. Sometimes it it was. Yeah. And, and so there's, if we pull back and we say, okay, part of the goal of parenting is to be in relationship one-to-one with our kid, but then there's this next layer of part, then we want to be in relationship with the co-parent and then the two of us in relationship, or sometimes these days more than two of us in relationship with our kids. So you, you have relationships happening on multiple layers. And part of what I think makes it complicated is we, we don't differentiate. We don't realize that, you know, some of this, when, when parents come to us and they say, I'm not sure I can do this because my co-parent's not on the same page. What we usually say is, this is about you and your relationship with your child. And you can have a huge impact in your relationship with your child, regardless of who else is, is in the picture. Yeah. So that's one really important place for us to look is to remember that all it takes is one parent to turn the ship because we have a relationship with our kid. Go. I see you go. Well, no. And what I was going to say is like the dance, right? We, we talk about mm-hmm. changing the dance or changing the recipe, right? It's a sort of, even if you're the only parent that does something different, if you begin to do something different, it's going to change the dynamic in the family. It has to, by definition. That's right. And it may not feel the same as if it were lockstep with your co-parent, but don't feel like you can't make change or, or make even impactful, sustainable change just because your co-parent isn't there. And honestly, I think, and this is part of your story, Lane, sometimes when, it, when one parent says, okay, you know what? I'm going to just do whatever I can. The other parent goes, oh, wait, something's different. I got to do something different. You know, this feels weird. This feels different. What do I do here? Well, and and that was really my story was that clearly what we were doing wasn't working. And so I started, as I started getting coaching, I started changing the way that I was interacting. And at first, my husband was not on board and he was almost resistant. And then over time, he did get on board. And when I asked him what happened, he said, I couldn't deny anymore that what you were doing was working. But understand, at first, it was just me in relationship to my kids that was working. That was where the change started. And then he started playing with us a little bit more consciously and collaborating with us. And then he joined in. And then that's when it became more about he and I working together to support the kids instead of me just focusing on the kids. So that's one of those layers. Yeah. So that's one of the first big pieces is... You know, if you're even if your co-parent's not on the same page in terms of doing something different, you can do something different, make a huge difference in the family. And and, and we can't all promise that all co-parents are going to end up like your husband was, Elaine. But you know, he's one of a just kind. Just know sure. he's, he's yeah, <laughs> one of a kind. But so just know that even if you're the only one making change, 
change can still happen if it's only one of you. Yeah. The other one parent to turn the tide or turn the right. So the other piece I want to talk a little bit about is like the triggered active conflict kind of situation um, where maybe your co-parent is either in conflict with one of your kids. I I had that a mom the other day who's like her daughter, her 18 year old daughter and her husband constantly in conflict and in battle with each other. And it's just really hard for her to be around. And she was like trying to get in the middle and figure it out and, and figure out how to make nice and and fix the relationship. And I, we had a long conversation about the concept of the drama triangle. And I don't don't think I'm going to teach about the drama triangle, but the bottom line is it's like, you, you have a relationship with your daughter, you have a relationship with your husband they have, a relationship they have a relationship with each other. other and you don't, it's like that, that third edge of the triangle is like the third rail in the, on the train. You just, you don't go there. You stay, you stay on your side and your relationship with your child and you can help your child have more of a, a healthier relationship with their, with your co-parent. You can help your co-parent have a healthier relationship with your child, but you can't fix what happens in between them. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And, and I really want to, talk about this a little bit more and, and highlight this because one of the things that's become super clear to me in, in this work with both our clients, but also with some friends where I've been in this navigation is particularly when there's a divorce, but even when there's not a divorce, when there's conflict just in the family dynamic, the hardest part for a parent, I believe in many ways is to accept that you can't control what the other parent's going to do. Yeah. Right. And so Oftentimes, our job as parents, and again, this is particularly true in the divorce, is to help our kids figure out how to be in relationship with your co-parent, their other parent, particularly if you're the parent that kind of sees what's going on with the kid and the other parent is resisting that in some way. Well, and I think that the thing I want to just put a pin on on that is that it's from your child's perspective, right? It's just sort of, so if your child's not complaining or not, you know, having a difficult time and you're watching and you're like, oh, I don't like what's going on, you know, you want it to be their agenda. You want to figure out what your child's agenda is for change and support that and not try to get it to be something that is your agenda or, you know, yeah. you want, you want that. I, re- I did this for years. I wanted my kids to have the same kind of relationship with their dad that they had with me. And it's like, you can't, it's not going to happen. That you can't so do much. That. Yeah. 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 You can't. So, so I think maybe what's, what's coming up clear for me here is that we need to kind of differentiate to some extent between when there's a divorce and you're, you really are in a divorce situation, very much being conscious about how you speak about your co-parent Right. Right. In front of your kids, because you want your kids to to stay in relationship with your co-parent most of the time, ideally. Right. And so there's a role that you play there that's very different than if you are still married and living in the same home. Yeah. Right. And you and I have very different experiences that way. Yeah. Well, and again, it's a sort of when you're talking about relationships with other people, you have to really go back to what can you control and what can't you control. And and this is where you were suggesting it earlier. It's like this sort of, you can't make your co-parent do something different. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can encourage them, you can support them, you can model for them. I mean, all of those things are important. You can ask. You can ask. (laughs) They may or may, and and, well, and whoa, wait, this is in, right? It's just sort of a lot of you are dealing with co-parents who have your own, their own neurodiversity. So even if you ask them to do something different. If you ask them to try to be more calm with the kids, their ability to self-manage their triggers may be different than yours. May their not ability, be there yet. 
they yeah. may not be there yet, or they may, you know, really want to be able to do it, but their ability to follow through, they may be so distracted. I had a mom last week who was saying her husband was so distracted that he just did not have the time or energy to, to be around the kids or be helping out um, unless he swooped in and just like did everything. And, and that wasn't helpful because it was completely different than the way she would handle it. So it was kind of like this sort of all or nothing sort of thing that she ended up with. So this just in <laughs> my turn <laughs> is that you're going to handle it differently and that's okay. And this is because, you know, I, I want to be careful. It's not just, you know, we're not, I don't want to demonize the parents with ADHD can't self-regulate. Sometimes right. it's the it's parents a, it, without oh, ADHD or the parents with anxiety yeah. who can't self-regulate. Right. So, you know, calm is the goal of the day from our perspective. But the piece that really came up as you were talking about that was that part of it is about not only do we have unique relationships with each child, but we're going to parent differently. And to be on the same page does not mean to do it the same way, right? I don't have to parent like you have to parent the same way in order to be on the same page with you. And so part of the game here is to really understand what our natural propensities are. You know, when I'm the good cop and you're the bad cop or you're the, you know, or when I'm the one that's handling these issues and you're handling those issues, but to be, you know, ideally when you get to a collaborative relationship with your co-parent, it's to understand that neither of our styles is right or wrong, but they are different. And we want to help our kids learn to respect the differences without making one or the other of us wrong. Well, and... The other thing that comes up as you're saying that, Elaine, is that, you know, there may be places where you do disagree and, and that's okay. And if we focus on, on that, it's going to be, it's going to cause all kinds of conflict and stress for ourselves. If we take our our stance and say, okay, wait a second, instead of looking at all the things that my co-parent doesn't agree with me on, what if I started looking for the things, those places that we are in alignment, you know, even if we're not in a, agreement, if we're, if we can line up, you know, we have the same goal, we might just approach the goal in different ways, right? It's just sort of, but if we can say, yep, I'm fiercely committed to having a family that has, is, is respectful of one another, you know, it's sort of, that might be, you could work together towards joint respect, even though you may approach how to do that in a different way. So I love what you're saying. And I want to highlight it because what you're talking about in the coaching framework is the difference between agreement and alignment. Right. Right. And we, and I've written about this in the book and we talk about this, this is a very classic coaching concept. So the notion of alignment is that bigger picture is like to keep the issue out there. What Diane just said, we are aligned that we want a family that that's respectful to each other. We want, we may be aligned that we want a family that enjoys each other or is kind to each other or whatever that is for you, whatever your values are, how we're going to get there may be different for me and for my husband. Yeah. We hold a vision together and share a vision with each other of what's important for both of us as a family. And that allows us to agree to disagree because we're still holding the same vision and we can try different things and experiment in different ways because there's no one right or wrong way to get there. Well, and here's a concrete example, because I'm, I'm like creating a new family. I've been um, in a relationship with my partner now for three and a half years, and he's now in a relationship with my kids. One of my kids lives with us. I mean, it's just sort of, we're in this different sort of environment and just that language of respect, right? When he mm-hmm. first started interacting with us, one of the things that created connection for my kids and I 
was the language we used. And I started using their language. I, I curse like a sailor. I, I mean, I honestly, when I'm around my kids, I'm really comfortable using their kind of language and it's part of what yeah. connects us. Right. And so here's this new person coming in and listening to us using language that he was just like, Oh my gosh, you, you know, your kids use this language and you're using this language. It was just like this sort of, it was kind Hello. of old, quite frankly, yeah. but it was part of the, our family dynamic. And so my kids learned, you know what, we don't do that in front of, of the in new co-parents, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's just sort of, it was a great lesson for them that, you know, when it's us and we're alone, this is how we are when we're together as a group, we all modify and, and out of respect for this person who sees it differently, modify our behavior. And and that's the thing is that, you know, kids learn and know mom might be different than dad might be different than grandma and grandpa. I mean, all of these things that happen. What you're saying is really cool is that everybody's got different boundaries. And if we can, in our families be mindful of and respectful of the different boundaries that people have in a way that's ultimately what it means to be on the same page. Yeah. Right. In some ways. Yeah. And there's going to be exceptions to that because I'm like listening to people chiming in in my head. I mean, if you've got a kid on the spectrum or if you've got a young kid who does have a hard time knowing, okay, wait, I, I have to do this one way with mom and this that another way with grandma or with dad or whatever, you're going to want to try to bring it in a space that's easier for them to navigate so that it's not so fiercely different at one house or the other. And if possible. That, if possible yeah. Or expect that it's going to may take them longer to come to become comfortable with it. So I was, I was writing a, a piece that we're putting together on, um, on leadership and parenting. Mm-hmm. And what was coming up was the realization that, that when we put routines and structures and systems in place, the reason we're really doing it is to communicate the expectations for our kids to help them feel safe and comfortable and protected and to know what boundaries are. And then where we, I think we forget is we put the systems in place and we expect them to just jump in and be hundred percent there. And in fact, what we need is to allow them time to become comfortable with it and to embrace it little bits and little bits at a time. And it's very similar to what you're talking about. It's like, it's one thing to say, okay, this is how you handle things with mom. And this is how you handle things with, with that parent. But it's another to be able to expect them to do it all right away, 100%. Like, there's got to be some space and some grace. Well, space and grace. And remember, we're dealing with complex kids. And so a lot of times the systems or the expectations or the whatever else from one co-parent or from the other may not be realistic Right. Um, for their executive, fun- their level of executive function. And- so let, let's talk about that. So how do you deal with it when you understand that your co-parents' expectations for your child are incompatible at the moment with your child's developmental capacity, right? Your well, kids have a developmental delay, three to five years. I think he should be able to do this on his own. And you know, he's, he's just not ready to. How do you handle it? Well, I was just going to say, send him to listen to the Impact Parents podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sanity school, right? Sanity school, right? But beyond, but but before that, before that, you want to start with compassion, right? It's just sort of. I think that that's that's one of the things. Like, if you disagree with anyone, you know, the place to start is compassion and understanding and curiosity. Really demonstrating in a relationship that you want to understand their perspective, you want to hear and understand where they're coming from. I mean, you want to hold your breath for a little bit and and bite your tongue for a little bit while you really do listen and hear where they're coming from. 
And then find, again, you start with the alignment. Yeah, I really want this as well. And here's, here's what, what I noticed. hear. We, here's what here's, I hear where we both agree, right? Where yeah, we both here, have a vision that's shared. Yeah, yeah, we have a shared vision. And here's this other piece of information that I've heard that I really think is applicable. And you educate, right? It's just sort of that's where you bring in some of the information that you're learning from our podcast or from Sanity School or wherever. So, so what you're describing comes to me as the ACE method, right? Yes. Acknowledge their experience, really, really acknowledge what their perspective is. It's real for them. Whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter because that's their perspective. And have compassion for that. Have some grace for that. Be able to be with it and hear it and listen to it. And then as you explore your options, you may it may allow you to say, you know, I have this new bit of information, like you were just saying, are you willing to consider this possibility? Would you be willing to try one little thing so that you're asking them to work with you on something, which they're much more likely to comply with if you have truly acknowledged and heard their perspective? Well, and one of the things that I think is important um, when you talk about compassion and acknowledgement is we don't have to agree with someone to acknowledge their worldview. I mean, right. it, you know, I, I say this all the time. It makes perfect sense that you'd see it that way yeah. because of, you know, your life experience, your view of the world, your childhood, your whatever else. I mean, it, it's not saying that I agree with you or that it's even okay. Cause there's sometimes we really do fiercely disagree with another adult's perspective. That doesn't mean we can't hear them and understand them and acknowledge that, that it's real and, for them. And acknowledge that it's real for them. Yeah. So I think we need to wrap up this conversation. And um, it's, as usual, fascinating. We are so lucky we get to, to play with each other in this sandbox and so many. So what, how do you want to wrap this up? What do you feel like well, we it's focused just, on? Like, I feel like we focused on kind of this whole idea of what it means to be on the same page and the value even of, of being on a different page and looking for alignment and, and instead of agreement. We talked a little bit about the relationship, uh, not getting in the middle of our kids' relationship, but to support our kids in having relationships with your co-parent. We talked a little bit about kind of how to handle disruptive, triggered adults, although we might be able to talk a little bit more about that. Well, you go listen to one of our things on triggers. We talk about that all the time. Say, yeah, there's so much on that. So so if you had an insight you were taking away, and I want those of you who are listening, right? Because we've talked about all of this different stuff around being on the same page with a co-parent. What's the insight that you're taking away? What's your aha from this? Do you have one? Yeah, my insight is that Honestly, that it sometimes there's value in not being in the, on the same page, right? And yeah. it's just sort of we're trained to feel like, oh my gosh, conflict is bad. It's like disagreement's bad. But if you can be skilled and savvy and focus on, you know, the baby steps or the the places of alignment, um, sometimes those disagreements can turn into opportunities. Yeah. For real. What about you? There's so many things. One of the things actually that jumped out at me was really being care. I want to remind me and us to be really careful not to go to that place that makes the ADD parent wrong, right? And really remember that we all play a role in this. And just because one person is more organized than, than another or you know, more self-regulated than another or whatever, doesn't always make it right that, that there's still, as you said, there's so much that we all have to offer. And if we can honor what we each bring instead of, and focus on the strength of it instead of looking to the 
you know, what you're doing wrong or what I'm doing wrong. That's where we move forward. Well, and this is what came up in just what you said is that underneath a lot of this, and and it's not just for ADHD adults, but I do see it often more in ADHD adults is that there's a layer of maybe guilt or shame or trauma that kind of, you know, if you've got an adult with ADHD, there's a lot of adults with ADHD who were not well-managed or were not even acknowledged when they were kids who end up creating stories about behavior. And so it's a protective coding that they've developed maybe because in their childhood, they were pushed harder than their brain was able to manage. And so having some compassion for that, because it's a really common pattern, I think is an also another place to think about. Well, and particularly when it's married to a a spouse with anxiety, who has that tendency to, you know, they they tend to find each other and then they tend tend to um, sometimes struggle with each other. So that's maybe another conversation for another time. (laughs) So for now, y'all, thanks for listening. As always, um, we're thrilled to be with you and love to be doing this podcast and, and know that you're listening here makes a huge difference for the life of yourself and your kids. Thanks for being here. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.